You're listening to the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast with Matt and Rich. All right, so uh, on this humble little podcast, we've had a couple really good guests. Uh, the number one guest we've had so far is Audie James. Always going to shout out him on the show. But today, we actually have someone that's notable. We have the <laughs> man, the myth, the uh, face of the Fed Zeno himself. Trav, how's it going, buddy? Doing well, man. Happy New Year to everybody. It's January 1st recording. I don't know when this podcast is going up, but Happy New Year's to everybody. And yeah, it's, uh, I haven't heard somebody say the Fed Zeno to me in a couple of weeks. It's kind of nice outside of my girlfriend. She... She she goes into like a full on like full fledged hockey voice like she'll come home from work and be like, "What's up, bud? How's the feds you know today? You just hung cheese or what? You're gonna chip them in deep there? Yeah, you, you just you just a beauty, eh? Like, Stop that! You've never skated in your life." <laughs> so I know Richard was curious before you jumped on. So why do they call it the feds? You know, I know it's it used to just be I think the Federal Hockey League, and then they just call it the Fed for short. Yeah, that's a good question, actually. I to be honest, I don't really have an answer for you. So I know, yeah, it was the Federal Hockey League that those like the OG Wild Wild West days, and then they wanted to rebrand as a more professional league. Which I, I mean, it's it's up in the air if it helped to hurt the league. But now they're the Federal Prospects Hockey League. Um, we still call it the Fed, regardless. Um, and I heard uh, Elias Thompson, big sexy, he called it the Fed Zeno because he was at the casino one night, he lost all of his money, and he says uh, the Fed Zeno boys. She'll take everything from you. And then I heard that, and it, it kind of stuck with me. And I'd never heard anybody call it the Fed Zeno before. And then, you know, fast forward to now, and now it's like every every comment I see about the Fed online is the Fed Zeno, the Fed Zeno, the Fed Zeno. So I don't know if it's good or bad, but I think it's kind of catchy. I mean, outside of, you know, my my girlfriend turning into a full-on, you know, triple uh, A hockey player when, when she talks to me sometimes, and so, sometimes I'll I'll engage back into it. Yeah, you're gonna pack a lipper there, bud. A little two thirty, little two thirty action. Yeah, you know, pass Tinsky. She doesn't like it when I engage, but yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I don't know why I feel like we're on an episode of Letter Kenny right now. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're an Arizona sports based podcast, heavily uh, Arizona Coyotes. I don't know if you can tell. Uh, so our I I, I Islanders fans. <laughs> on your uh po- on your podcast or on your uh vlog i forget which you mentioned you know going back home to visit your family were you raised in winnipeg or are they just live in winnipeg now yeah so i'm i'm born and raised in winnipeg uh whole life um traveled around for hockey a bit mom still lives here dad lives outside of winnipeg um i i'm like we just mentioned before we started recording i'm moving to vancouver in uh two weeks uh, with my girlfriend and uh that's going to be my my full time setup probably for the next seven to eight months after as I re recover from this surgery on Wednesday coming up. So then, would you technically be a Jets fan? Uh yeah, yeah. Actually, I I would say a little bit of a Jets fan. I, I find whenever I leave Winnipeg, I become more of a Jets fan. Like when I'm in Sweden, I'm telling people, "Oh, the Jets game, Jets are playing tonight. Jets are on tonight. Oh, you know, you see Hellebuck. You know, Bucky was was great last night." But then when I come back to Winnipeg, it's like, okay, the Jets are playing. Yeah, yeah, Bucky was good. All right. But um, uh, two two weeks ago, my, my girl and I were having dinner, and uh, we, we we saw, uh, I, think, I, I can't remember if it was the radio. It was a radio station that mentioned, you know, Canucks Jets are playing at, you know, Rogers Arena, Rogers Place, whatever it is in Vancouver. And, and she says, she's like, oh, you want to go watch the Jets? I was like, first off, we don't have that kind of money. Two, <laughs> I kind of do. But then we couldn't get tickets because they're too expensive. So, yeah. Definitely wait for the Coyotes to come into town. Those might be cheaper tickets to to get. They'll pay me to go to the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
so growing up there, was there still a lot of hostility towards Arizona or do they just not talk about Arizona except for online? Oh, absolutely. I, I think lots of people have some hostility here towards Arizona because, you know, you, you took the team and now we have the new team back and uh, things are doing well. I think that uh, if the Coyotes just left and went to like Houston or Atlanta or, or just went somewhere else. I think everybody here would forget about it because it's like, OK, they're out of Arizona. It's gone. It's You know what I mean? It's like think about like, you know, you date a girl for a while. You split it. You still both live on the same street. You know, you see her at the Walmart. You, you know, you see her at the uh, the check and go and go to cash your checks on Friday. But you can never really get rid of her. And when she finally leaves, it's like, ah, oh, it gets better. It's very good. comparable. <laughs> I feel like it makes it, just it a little like bit. sounds like small town dating, though. I just. <laughs> I, I think it makes it a little bit easier when you guys can just steal uh, previous players from us and put them up in your Raptors, though. That is I... true. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go there for a second. How do you feel about with, that? With how how you, you guys are uh, taking some mold uh, mold names back and and putting them back up in the Raptors? You feel like that's you know that's like uh, so I, who cares or? <laughs> so I, I haven't actually told the story on my podcast before, but so I um for a you know, for a little period of time, I was doing ice conversions at uh, MTS Center, the you know Bell MTS place. Now the uh, Canada Life Center, whatever they're calling it, they changed the name so many times the last couple of years. But it's the home of the Jets, mm-hmm. and uh, I had the job for about two years. And it was before, after Jet games, before and after concerts. You basically, you rip apart the whole place and you convert it into whatever else. So, like putting the boards in, taking the boards out, setting it up for like a dinner. They some people would, you know, big ballers would rent out the whole arena and just have like dinners. And they have like tables, like like um, like roast beef carving stations, everything like on the actual ice. They'd obviously put a cover over the ice. They yeah. do stuff like that, and you know, I'd be in charge of like converting it. You know, concerts like Thomas Rhett, Godsmack, you know, Sully Erna. That was that was a cool concert. But every time we do it, you know, you'd be working on the uh, ice level. We put the the covers over top so nobody's slipping and falling. And you look up, and there's all the banners. And I always found it, it was so cool because looking from like the ice level up at the banners, the lighting just hit it perfectly, and it, it just looked so majestic. It was so cool. You see, uh uh Andres Hedberg I think uh Solani Howarchuk um like some of the, the the legends and the greats just hanging up there on on the rafters I thought it was the, the one of the coolest things about working there I thought I think that's probably the one thing Coyotes fans would be jealous about is that we don't have as many legendary names up in the rafters we got one yeah hopefully we'll have some more in the next 20 years but it's actually really cool that that you mentioned you worked ops because I worked ops at the Coyotes old arena Gila River at the Cardinal Stadium, and now I'm working uh, maintenance at Mullet Arena. So it's always really? cool to talk to people that have, have some experience working in the buildings because as soon as you're like, oh, yeah, changing over, I'm like, I, I know, I've had to put the covers on the ice too. It's kind of a pain, but that's it's really a unique cool. process, huh? Yeah, it's it's weird, and then, like, it, it makes sense, but it doesn't at the exact same time. It was the weirdest thing when I had to first do it because my dad did the exact same thing for, I think, 10 years before he finally quit and moved on. So it was weird when I started doing it for a little bit after him. You know, I always found... Doing the ice conversions, like putting the glass in was always really easy. You know, you get the board set up, everything's dialed in, you, you put the um the spacer pieces in, it's cool. Going around the corners, a little bit of a pain in the ass, like around like the the benches. But the mm-hmm. last piece of glass, the worst to try to fit it in, and and you know, you have to have like eight guys jimmy it in because it weighs so much. And so whenever you see glass break at NHL games and you see it on TV, you see the team, you know, um swapping it out. I always feel bad for them because I know like that is like the worst piece to put in, the final piece. I know uh, uh, this was reminds me of something my dad told me once. So it was back during the Gretzky era when they when he was coaching the Coyotes. They broke a piece of glass. So that was before they switched over to Plexi. So it's just these big hunks of 
just junk. And my dad and everyone's going out there to go replace it. They just had the players just keep shooting at, at the glass until they broke it completely off. And then <laughs> there you go. Just it, two problems or three problem, problems in one. So I'm hopefully you never had to deal with that. But uh, well, that's like the the weirdest story you have when it comes to like, oh, this turned into a pain in the ass trying to fix this or uh, a tenant making something a little worse. Obviously, you can censor as much as you want so that you're not breaking any like, you know, no one you know, can't talk about it. Yeah, I, th- I think the worst one that stands on my mind was last year in Sweden, our last game of the season. We're playing in the third period. I want to say we got about eight minutes left in the third. And one of the guys went to lay a hit right behind my net, and glass just everywhere exploded. And not a big deal. You know, obviously, we have uh, ice crew that are capable. We're on the road. Everybody's ice crew is good. Not as good as our ice crew in Varberg was, but everybody's good. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it took them about 50 minutes, 50 to 55 minutes. And, we're, and I'm just sitting there. You know, you play all game, you get tighter as the game goes on, and I'm on the bench, and I, I just did 50 minutes of stretching and yoga on the bench, and I, uh, I it was the longest 50 minutes ever, and they 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 couldn't get the glass, and they ended up just cutting a piece of wood and putting the wood by, behind there. I, I don't think it's actually in the video, I believe, but um, yeah, that, that's one that stands up my mind as a little bit of a pain in the ass. So it looked like the hockey rink was uh, looted a little bit. All right, then I'll take it. it. Yeah, somebody stole the glass. It's up a Gigi or the uh, the Swedish buy and sell. <laughs> all right so uh for people that might be unfamiliar that might be three people you're probably most of your audience be watching this as opposed to our audience can you just kind of take everyone through your journey so far to get from where you were to get into the fed right now yeah um i mean that could be a long one i think that uh, one of the moments that really kind of changed it was so i played one year of college hockey at viu Vancouver Island university in the bci Mm-hmm. Beautiful Nanaimo, BC, one of the nicest places in Canada, and uh, things really didn't go very well. Kind of a nightmare. We we had a this is a, this is a little inside story. Can't put it on on my podcast because sometimes people get too offended. But our head coach, his name was uh, Steve Paul, Stevie P, and we called him the Tranny Man because he'd spend more time fixing transmissions than actually like coaching. And, and like he was our <laughs> full time coach. Like like there would be a lot of times where he wouldn't show up, and we had one of the guys. Uh, he, he had like a, a car issue, whatever. He brings it to Steve, and Steve's like, "You know what? I'll get it done up for you in in a day. Get it fixed up for you. It'll be two hundred bucks. Cool." Three weeks goes by, nothing. Oh no! <laughs> and then he goes, "Oh yeah, your car is finally ready." Three weeks later, we're like, "God damn it, Steve! Like, can we not get this guy his car back? Like, you know, what <laughs> I mean? like it's a hilly, it's a hilly place. Like a lot of like you know vertical uh, incline. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be walking up and down the Nanaimo a lot. So he gets the car back, and it's like a two thousand dollar bill." I'm like, what is this guy doing? This is his own player. He's rinsing for two grand. Anyway, that basically, if that doesn't sum up my experience with BIU, I don't know what does. It wasn't my car, by the way. I didn't own a car at the time. <laughs> but um, things didn't go very well. Uh, I, I wanted to find somewhere else to play. Goalie coach I was working with at the time said, you should go down to an SPHL free agent camp. And I said, isn't that a money grab? He's like, it is a money grab, but it's an opportunity to, to network, to meet other people, and you never know what might come of it. And I said, you know what? Fine. Great idea. Uh, I'll spend the, I think thousand, maybe fifteen hundred, all in, uh, to do this. I mean, between flights, hotel, the actual like camp fee, which is three hundred US, which is like, I know it's a money maker for the team, but it's kind of a money grab. But anyway, go down there, and the guy, one of the guys, is sit beside me in the locker room. His name is Jay Croup. Uh, now I believe captain for the Columbus River Dragons. His dad owns the team as well. But anyway, so he's sitting beside me in the room for the whole Birmingham Bulls free agent camp, and he's just giving me like really off vibes, like very. Uh, like almost like narc vibes. Like, why are you asking these questions? Like, these are very like suspicious questions you're asking me. And mm-hmm. so at the end of camp, obviously I didn't get invited to main camp and ask because I, I 
I just finished sitting in the stands for a full season of college hockey. They're not going to invite me back from main camp. So Krupe says to me, I like what I see. Would you like to come play for us in the Fed and with the Columbus River Dragons? And I said, sure, we'll do that. We'll sign a deal. I'd like to see how things pan out with my college situation first. But yeah, sure, we'll sign the deal. Things fall through with the University of Manitoba team. Uh, Bison's for youth sport up here in Canada. So I said, hey, come on down. What's the setup? And he's like, you're going to be our guy. You're going to be the number two guy. We're, we're going to be with you all season. Just come in, get comfortable. It's okay to make mistakes. We're here to, to work with you here. Well, I get a call about an hour and a half before I drive into Columbus. Now, I, I drove from Winnipeg to Columbus. And it was about 16 hours from Winnipeg to the Illinois uh, border. Mm-hmm. And then from there to Columbus was another 14. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay with the time change, about a 28, 29-hour drive. And I, I just do it the whole way straight because... I'm a lunatic. I'm trying to save money. I don't have, I really don't have any money at this point in time. Um, and so Krupe calls me about an hour outside of Columbus. He's like, Hey, we just had a guy drop down from the SP, but don't worry. He's only going to be here for a week or two. And he's going to go right back up and, and you're our guy. Well, <laughs> the two biggest lies in pro hockey is they, well, there's three, but I can't tell you the third one on the podcast. The two <laughs> biggest lies are checks in the mail and it's only for two weeks. Obviously those are massive lies. The checks not in the mail. You're not getting paid. So I go down, I don't have a really great training camp, to be honest with you. I get sent home after a week, week and a half. And I, I said to, to Krupe and the management, I was like, dude, like, am I allowed to swear on the podcast? I was like, what the fuck? Like, you, <laughs> you said no matter what, I'm going to be here. I understand maybe I didn't have a great training camp, but don't tell me I'm going to be here no matter what if you don't mean it. Like, don't bullshit me. Yeah. So he ends up, yeah, I remember he comes up to me and he's like, hey, man, here's a hundred bucks for gas money. And I appreciate the hundred bucks for gas money, but I think I spent like 500 on gas the, the whole way there. I'm like, Thank you, but this doesn't really fix the problem. Anyway, so I go back home, uh, nowhere to play, kind of, you know, a little bit of scrambling. I remember I ended up doing like a two-day drive from Winnipeg to Nanaimo uh, to go ask for my, my university coach at VIU, Stevie P, the training man. I went to go ask for him for forgiveness to bring me back on the team and drove the two days. Dude was having nothing to do with it. So anyway, uh, ended up basically sitting out the whole year, make, making the vlog. The vlog ended up really taking off at this point in time, which is great. And I ended up getting in touch with an agent who was working with a guy who was friends with my roommate in Columbus for that training camp. So I'm getting hooked up with that agent. He gets me a deal in Sweden, April of 2020. And, and apologies if this story goes on a little bit long. It's a little bit of a, a lengthy one. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so of, of 2020. And he says, we should just wait on the deal, see what comes in. And, and me being me, I says, you know what? I don't think this COVID thing's going anywhere. If we're being honest, I think we should just sign the deal, take it, and worst case, we you know we shuffle the deck come August. Because right now, I don't think anything is going to be open for a while. Why don't we just take it? And we ended up signing it, and you know, you look back, honestly, that was a pretty smart idea. So I uh, got the deal, went to Flemingsburg in Sweden. Uh, the agent was a bozo. He didn't really get anything set up. He was just a a, a booby trap. Uh, ended up re- meeting my current agent, Adrian soon calls me. He's watching the vlog. He's like, Hey man, I think you're getting scammed and let me help you out of the situation. Ends up getting me a new team, which is my team last year in Varberg was there for, I don't know, a very short period of time. They shut us down for COVID as well. Came back, went the season after last year in Varberg full season. Uh, things went really well. And then this summer they put a, a new import rule in Sweden where, well, they said they wanted to like clean up Swedish hockey, which is. Uh, not cleaning up Swedish hockey. They want to get rid of the import. So they put in a rule where to be an import, the team has to pay and apply for your visa, uh, which is, I want to say like 250 maybe 300 bucks to do 
Travel insurance is another like twelve to fifteen hundred bucks, depending on you know, where you live in Canada. I got to pay for your transfer fee, another two grand. You got some other fees involved in there as well. So you're looking top to bottom around four to five grand uh, upfront for every import you pay or you, you want to have on the team, as opposed to a European, which is free. So it basically killed off every single import in Sweden. I think right now in Sweden Division Two, they got you know a hundred goalies, whatever. They got two import goalies and and all of Sweden for Division Two, and Division Three is not much better. So I said to my agent, I was like, well, being realistic, I know how cheap Swedish teams are and I know what the budgets look like. For me to expect a team to spend five grand, and this is an investment they have to make in May because the visas have to get approved for you to be able to play. So guys are applying end of May. They can't play October 1st because the visas aren't approved because they take a while to get done. So for a team to invest invest that much money so early on is like just like nutty for me to believe that's even going to happen. So uh adrian calls me i think this is like uh end of june middle of june whatever it was it was a sunday night and he says go and apply for all like the fed teams like free agent um uh like invite things online just submit your information for me so they have it it's on file and then i'll make some calls on that so i applied for every team's free agent uh player listings whatever on a sunday night monday morning at like 9 a.m gm from motor city calls me hey nick field from the rockers want to talk and i was like what's going on man he's like well have you signed with anybody i said nope Says anybody called you? I said nope. Really? I said nope. Nobody's called. Not one caller. You're the first caller through. And um, so he ended up wanting me to sign. We ended up going back and forth for probably about two, three days because I was like, I, I know how the Fed works. The Fed is the wild, wild west. Yes, there's contracts. Yes, there's all these other things in place. But let's be honest, you make the rules and you can change them at any point in time. So I'd like to get my ducks in order, my T's crossed, my eyes dotted. We'll talk to my agent and we'll go from there. So two, three days later. Uh, I ended up finally coming to an agreement that, hey, sign in the Fed, give me your commitment to Motor City, and you can go anywhere you want in Europe. I don't I don't care. You can go to the SP, you can go to Europe, just sign here. I don't want you going anywhere else in the Fed. And I said, you know what? Nobody else is calling. I'm a firm believer you go where you're wanted. And currently at this moment in time, I'm very wanted by the Motor City team. So I signed. And uh, that basically brought us to, to this season in the Fed Zeno playing for the, the Motor City Rockers. I don't know how long that took to explain, but that's the, the short version, I guess. No, and then now uh, you're sitting there as an absolute machine trying to play through, as you were describing, uh, just searing pain. I, I I know hockey players are built different, and I'm someone that doesn't believe people should play hurt, but I also understand why, because you wanted to make sure you're getting some games, getting some time in. But how did you push through like what you were you were pushing to, to at least get as, as much time as you did? Yeah, so there's a couple of moving parts here to this. So first off, um, obviously we want to push through and we want to play but also the business side of things of, okay, coming from Europe to the Fed, not a lot of guys do that. So that there on itself is an outlier. I mean, I I don't know the exact number. I'm going to guess maybe five or six, maybe seven or eight guys came from, you know, Sweden, whatever, Division Two, Division Three, you know, over there to the Fed mm-hmm. this year. And I was one of them. So very rare and, and no goalies. I'm the, I was the only goalie that did that. So to get an opportunity like that, very rare. Um, So... I've known for years that, that I've had this issue in my hip, right? And in the last two years, it's gotten completely out of control um, to the point of, of, like I mentioned, you know, previously in the podcast and the vlog, where the only time I'm able to skate and play is when I'm on steroids. And I got steroids in my knee because the hip issues have gotten so bad, it trickles to the knee because I, I can't do certain things in my hip because it's so restricted with, you know, the labrum, the labrum being torn, which is what they believe. They can't confirm until they get in there Wednesday, but they believe it's torn. It might be in three pieces. Um, the, 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 uh, femoral growth, the big bone growth on my femur, the cartilage issues, like 
There's so many issues that that have just exacerbated so badly to make the knee issues unbearable that I can only play with steroids. And mm-hmm. so I, I know we talked before the show. Do you want to talk politics? Well, this is a little bit political. So uh, in Canada, we have free healthcare, which is great. It's not really free, though, because you pay for it one way or another. So I have been I've been trying loosely for about four to five years to get in to see like a surgeon specialist just to talk to the guy to kind of see what we can do. And then since the issues got really gnarly the last two years, I was like calling and harassing emails, phone calls, phone calls, yeah. voicemails, left and right. Like, I, I, you know, I, I would literally knock it off the line because I wanted to get this done because it was just such a pain in the ass. And you hear people in the news talking about, oh, this guy had to wait five years, to get back surgery, six years. Like, that's the kind of boat that like everybody is in because yeah. uh, during COVID things went nutty. As you can look on, online to find out and they canceled every single surgery. So. I can't get in to see the hip surgeon specialist because you know they're, they're dealing with keep my penis to myself on that. <laughs> but so I'm I'm trying so goddamn hard to get this this consultation, and then finally I get an opening in June, like end of June, to meet with this guy. First time ever, first time I say I will be there. I don't care what's going on. I will be there at this time. And I go there. We do the MRIs, we do the X-rays, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, "Listen, this isn't the worst I've ever seen, but it's pretty bad. And considering what we know, you can't finish the season, so you need to get the surgery." And I said, "Well." I hate to break it to you. I can't not play. I just got signed. I need to get off to some kind of a start. I don't want to take more steroids, but I think that, that the short-term sacrifice will be a long-term gain in the sense <clears> of <throat> I knew in my head if I could get off to a start, I can make it till Christmas time. The vlog will take off. My name will get out there. People in the, in the league will start knowing, kind of hearing about me, which is great. If I could play some games and not suck, that'd be great too. Mm-hmm. But a combination of both to kind of get my foot into the door. And now you fast forward here where you know, I'm done for the season. I'm getting surgery in two, uh, three day, well, two and a half days from now. Uh, my name has gotten out there. Teams are trying to trade for me. Motor City is declining every single offer. <laughs> uh, I, I can't give specifics, but I, I've had uh, two player coaches I've talked to in last week that are talking about, we, we're going to get your rights this summer. And I said, cool. I can't do anything skating wise till June, but that sounds fantastic. So yeah. uh, I do think it, it was uh, for the better, whether it's in Motor City, if it's in with these other teams or whatever happens. But um, that's, I think that, that basically sums it up. I, I didn't really answer your question about like how I, how I made it through it though. Uh, I'm just going to assume you are ridiculously determined because that's what it sounds like. It is the, if you're going to be in your mid 20s and, and you're still like clinging on to a dream to play hockey, that's determination. That's something I can respect regardless because that's something to kind of, admire really all right so i am uh going to stop our little talks right here real quick i do need to e-bag for the internet so if you could if you're enjoying this podcast up to this point please give us a like a follow a subscription on whatever platform you're listening to us on and make sure if you're listening to us audibly uh check out our youtube we have the video version once again i don't know why people like watching uh three grown men just staring at their screens the entire time but uh some people like that for some reason so Make it's sure pretty to, easy to uh, figure out, Richie. They're just yeah. they're dreaming about us. They're just like, yeah, that of fat, course. easy sports guy. Just <laughs> lather some fat, guys. chicken grease on you or something, bud. Is that a bucket of KFC in the back there? <laughs> yes, sir. Actually, actually. Oh, no. My wife just got my food. Oh, no. <laughs> He's working. He works all day long. He doesn't have time to go get food. So God bless yeah. the missus for getting, hey, if you're listening to this podcast, leave a like. Go listen. Give us a review or something. I don't I don't know where the podcast is out, but go do that because these boys work hard and they got a great, uh, great podcast. I love more professional than mine. So 
<laughs> All right, so we can officially add liar to Trav's resume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I know you're a liar. Thought <laughs> oh, you're full of shit before. Yeah, there we go. All right, so determination. That's where where we left off at. It's a, it's a nice mm, strong yes. word. Anyway, uh, I, I you have a more interesting topic. Anyway, I just we're, we're just gonna chalk it up to determination because you seem to have that that iron will. <sighs> what, what was this you're talking about? The misses? That sounded like it would be a fun story. Yeah, yeah. Speaking speaking of determination, that's actually another one. Uh, she she tried to get rid of me uh, many 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 times, but uh, yeah, I've, I've also won a lot of radio contests. Like because I just don't get off the line, I don't take no for an answer. So that's a great <laughs> example here. But um, but before we started record, or I guess after the ad break, uh, uh, Richie was saying, I think it was Richie, that um, don't make sure we don't leak our real names. And I said, well, you know what? I actually got a really good story about uh, my my girlfriend. Uh, you know, having her out in the public eye with the videos because I remember the first first time I, I filmed something with her, she's like, "Nobody's gonna watch this, right?" I was like, "No, not really." <laughs> and uh, so after I put in a couple videos, and the videos were getting like thirty, forty, you know, fifty thousand views of videos, she she said she uh, texted me one day and she's like, "Do you know a Logan Thompson?" And I said, "Yes, I actually do know who Logan Thompson is, and I have a little bit of a history with him. Why?" She's like, "Well." Apparently he's got like a blue check mark and he's like goalie for the for the, the, the Vegas Knights or something. I said, Yes, what about him? She's like, Well, he just hit me up and followed me. And I was like, No way. Come <laughs> on. And uh I, is this a PG podcast or no? It, go I, go I, for whatever you want. You're a special I, guest. I uh I will uh cut any swears out in post, so don't worry <laughs> about it. So well, uh Previous to this endeavor, Logan Thompson and I are Eskimo buddies. And he, I don't think he knows it, but we are. And uh, so when, when he hit up my my woman, I says, listen, honey, one of us makes 125 a week in the Fed. One just signed a three or $6 million contract. You have a choice here. You're at a crossroads. <laughs> I know I'm lacking in many categories, but listen, I will not give up. I'm persistent. And you make the choice that you will, and we're we're getting a new place this month, a new apartment. So I think she uh, she made the right choice. I'm biased. So I'm very jaded as well. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, so that's a, that's a story I might tell on the podcast. I think it gets too many eyeballs. I got I got in, in big shit for telling a Jacob Markstrom story one time. That was gold. Uh, he he actually uh, uh, he reached out to me on Instagram. I've, I'll tell this one too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a big Markstrom fan, right? I've sent him many messages over the years on Instagram. Never heard back one time, especially when I was in Sweden. I was like, you know, 15, 20 minutes away from like where he was in yeah. uh, in Javle, just outside of Stockholm. I sent him a message, hey man, big fan. Maybe uh, we'll chalk it, we'll, you know, we'll we'll mix it up. Let's get a coffee or something. You know, practice my Swedish, or some bullshit. Nothing mm-hmm. ever. Uh, I, I heard a, a story, a firsthand story about... Um, in Vancouver, there's there a girl who I'm, I'm friends with, not, not my girlfriend, but a different girl. I'm friends with her. And uh, she was a model. Uh, COVID kind of killed her modeling career. But uh, she was dating Ben Hutton at the time for the Canucks. They were together, I want to say, for a year. Might have been a year and a half. And then uh, she was seeing Jake for Tannen for a bit. That's an interesting story. That's the one I can't tell you on the podcast, but you've seen him for a little bit. And then she told me a story about Markstrom. And uh, Markstrom was married at the time. And uh, was was hitting her up for like you know late night booty calls and whatnot, and leaving her voicemails. And she says, "Marky, you're married." And he's like, "Well, nobody needs to know." And I thought that was just the most hilarious thing because at first when I heard the story, I remember at the moment I heard the story, I thought it was bullshit. But mm-hmm. then uh, Ben Hutton posts her up on on his Instagram. Okay, that checks out. The Jake for Tan stuff comes out uh, two summers ago, whatever it was. That checks out. 
she's always been a very honest, very nice person to me. And so I'm thinking, yeah. is the Markstrom story true? Come on, yeah. that can't be true. It has to be though, because you, you know, she she's a very honest, nice girl. And so I put that story up on the podcast. And you know, to bring it back, those you know, 20 messages on Instagram to Jacob Markstrom at Markstrom25 never responded <laughs> one time. I checked my Instagram messages one morning, Markstrom25, verified message. I'm like, yes. Finally, <laughs> finally, he knows who I am. And I opened the message, disregarded every fanboy message I sent before him, and just ripped my ass apart, telling me that I can't be posting stories like that. I got to take it down. The podcast was only up for maybe like, I don't know, eight hours, and it only had like 400 bit listens. So I don't yeah. know. He was listening. He told me somebody else told him. I have an idea who might have told him, but uh, I don't know, man. You're only doing damage control because you're guilty. There's lots of stories yeah. out there about me that I don't really care about because I know they're not true. So I don't really give them the time of day. So I, well, uh, for I legality, for lea- Sorry, legality's legality, sake, for legality, <laughs> legality's sakes, I will say this is all alleged, and none of this is put in any factual information. So uh, this is all just alleged information that is out there. I, I like you. No, no disrespect, fellas. I like doing podcasts that are a little bit smaller than mine because I can tell stories that I can't put on mine. I I, yeah. I work them in every now and then, but sometimes I get a little bit of heat from them. I'm like, oh, maybe I don't want to post about that anymore. Oh, I'll, I'll let you know. Go, we'll get the we'll get the juice, and everyone's like, "Why the hell is everyone talking about this random Arizona podcast?" There you Except go. for when we beat the Leafs, and this should have been just <laughs> on the Leafs the entire time. Yeah, little, little do true. I know. I think you guys got twelve listeners. You got like twelve thousand. I'm about to just get rinsed online and waxed by Markstrom <laughs> again. I'm about to get a DM. Like, who the hell are you? Why are you even <laughs> talking about? This? I am your daddy. Come sit in my lap. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, Richie, do you got you got any any questions? I've kind of led the conversation so far. Uh, I'll be real with you. I'm suffering from whatever the flu is that's going around right now, so my throat is like dying. That's why oh, I've so just he, been nodding and smiling. Yeah, I, right, I got it. I'm just like one of the penguins from uh, Madagascar. I'm not the main penguin. I'm just one of the back penguins. Just smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Right. Smile. progress yeah. report. Yeah, what pretty much. There, <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, so is there anything that you might want to ask a couple of Arizona boys? You know, if you want to, you want to give us some junk, go give us some junk. Or if there's anything you got that you're curious about, now that you actually have a, a couple of hopefully knowledgeable hockey fans around you. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be honest with you, and and please don't take this the wrong way, fellas. Mm-hmm. As um, I've gotten busier with hockey. I really don't pay attention to the NHL a lot, to be honest. Like in Sweden last year, I paid attention to the SHL a bit just because like it was so local and, and it was a very um uh in endearing experience like being there and, and getting the no guys. But like, as far as the NHL goes, like I have no idea who's in first. I have no idea, you know, who's doing what. I, I keep tabs on the goalies every now and then. Like I was talking to Ben Gaudreau last night, Team Canada goalie, I'm following him a lot. Um I, I follow like Hellbach, so, my my guy, but I don't really follow a lot so, of NHL hockey. I, I've got a great one to kind of throw in there because I feel like, uh, you, you know, you said you're born and raised Canadian and uh, I feel like a lot of Canadians misunderstand the market a lot. Um, it's just kind of the nature of the beast, unfortunately, when you see nothing but, you know, uh, e-news essentially with when it comes to hockey. If, if I could for a second, I think I know yeah. exactly where you're going <laughs> and I would like to make a very quick point. Okay, As somebody... Who has spent time playing in the southern U.S. both at the Birmingham Bulls free agent camp, Columbus, Georgia, for the very short period of time there, and other U.S. locations? Don't believe everything you read in the news. I'll tell you this for a fact: people from the South get a reputation, sometimes very justifiably so, 
But what I will not ever deny is that the people in the South are probably more passionate about sports and hockey specifically. I don't play any other sports, so I'm just going to go out hockey here. They're more passionate about hockey than any demographic of people on the planet. Like these people that come from the South, they eat, sleep, and breathe this shit. They come to the game. Some of them have no idea what's going on, but they're open-minded. They want to learn, and they, they just love the game. They love it, and, it, and it's awesome. I love talking to these kind of people. I'll be honest. No, no disrespect. I would much rather talk to somebody from the South, Arizona, Carolina, Mississippi, all these kind of places where like they're open-minded. They they want to talk the game and they just like they're they're so horny for the game. I don't know if I should use that word, but they're just so frisky for the damn game. <laughs> as opposed to you know, talk to some guy in Toronto, they're like, Did you know this guy had a plus my I don't give a shit. I really don't. Let's let's <laughs> yeah. talk passion. It, yep. it's it is contagious in the South. So turn off the CNN, turn off the CBC, all that bullshit. It's a great market down there. Uh it would be nice if you get a couple more fans to the ASU, but or to the to the Mullet Arena, excuse me. But the fans are passionate, the ones that are out there. Hey, we're gonna have to try to find some way to get trapped with one of those fans one day in the Mullet because it, it's a yeah. it's a phenomenal experience watching hockey there. I prefer the ASU games. I'm just like I I know it's like I'm rooting for ASU to win. I want the Coyotes to lose. I mean, if, if you don't follow the NHL, I can tell you the Coyotes are in first place right now. Maybe I might get away with it. But you know, <laughs> obviously, I'm trying to tank for Bedard. But the, the atmosphere for college is so different and weird. And it's like, just, it's hype. Like whenever ASU scores, I'm always like, I'll be sitting in my office. It's just kind of right off to you know, where the ice is at. So you can hear it pretty, you know, plain as day. And I'll, I'll be hyped. You know, yeah, let's go. And the Coyote score, I'm like, God damn it. We're tanking for Bedard. Yeah. It looks um, like a good experience over there. Like, it looks like a very, um, like I, I've, I've always found co- uh, college hockey to be very passionate. Like the fans are passionate. The guys are passionate. The NHL, I, I don't know what the word is to look for, but it just doesn't do it for me anymore. It's just this over, over politicized, over, you know, watered down corporate product that like, I just, I just, I don't get behind anymore. Like, I'll, I'll tell you this for a fact, I pay attention to more college hockey than I do NHL hockey of late. I mean, if, if you get the opportunity, I would definitely heavily recommend watching any ASU if you can. I know their goaltender, TJ Septenfelder, is probably one of my favorite younger goaltenders right now. And yeah, they're having he's, a hockey classic this weekend. So like if you have any time this weekend, if you're sitting around, I highly recommend trying to catch a stream of some of the games because it, it should be a pretty fun tournament. He's been by far and above their best player uh on that team. Is well, uh, him and Donor. You got gotta give Donor, maybe Master Simone, a couple other guys, you know, their credit, but you know, TJ's a brick wall. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, I actually wanted to bring this up earlier, and I thankfully I for I remembered. So Given where you're currently at with your career in the Fed, where do you see your playing career kind of peaking? Like what, what I'm talking about is like on my channel, I have a thousand subscribers. I think max the market if you you know account when it grows, and then outsiders maybe you know I would max out at 10k subs. Where do you see like your playing career maxing out at? What's kind of your end goal? Um, Good question, to be honest with you. See, I, I'm I'm very conflicted about that because I, I generally know what my playing career limitations are just with my resume, the way the hockey world works. But the YouTube thing does throw a wrench into things because, like, if you told teams, we got a goalie that played 44 minutes, threw up an 850-something, 860-something this year, and a goal is against a 6, 1-0, uh, and 0, would you want to sign him? They'd say no. But then when you factor in that it's me, now you got two teams trying to trade for me and trying to acquire my rights. And, you know, potentially maybe the expansion draft team takes because they get first dibs with the way the system works in a league. So, um, 
I I think that uh, being a starter in the Fed is is absolutely not out of the realm of possibility. I think it's very realistic to be to be quite frank. I think that if I got an opportunity to play as a starting goalie and play some games, I think I'd be a top three goalie in the Fed, no problem. I mean, like, I, I have to, I have to be very careful what I say contractually because of the whole Motor City situation. But if you ask any team, would you like a six foot five goaltender that is passionate about the game and is dedicated to his craft? Find me a team that says no. And if you can, I'll show you, I'll tell you that you're a liar because it doesn't exist. Every team wants a big goalie and a guy that's passionate and dedicated to the game and dedicated to his craft. It's just a matter of finding an opportunity, finding the right place. It may be a team that may not benefit my stat line, you know, fantastically. I'm going to be honest with, with the way the Motor City set up, it, it, my stat line would benefit a lot with the additions we made in the month of November. And I think that you, you, you know, you see. The stat line, you know, even for Babs went up, you know, significantly when when we made some additions to the team. So I think we have a, we had a really good team in Motor City, but um, that wouldn't be probably the case if I got an opportunity somewhere else. And I think that if I was to prove that I was a top three goalie in the Fed, the Fed and the SP are very, very, very similar. Like if you if you compared the top Fed teams to the middle of the pack SP teams, they probably beat them. They would definitely beat the bottom SP teams. Now, the top Fed teams would probably lose to the top SP teams just because the Fed uh, has a significantly smaller budget than the SPHL. And also, resources, I mean, obviously, if you're going to pay a guy 250 a week versus 125, you're going to get a 250 a week guy more likely, right? There, there yeah. are outliers to every rule, but that's just the way that it works. So, if I could prove myself in the Fed, I think that any smart team would realize the uh, effect I have on the bottom line which at the end of the day in pro hockey, they can say that they care about the product, they care about the winning. There's a reason teams fold every three years and, and it's just a constant you know, in and out cycle is because it's hard to stay afloat. And yeah. I'd be lying if, if I said that you know, Motor City not playing me hurt their bottom line. I think that a lot of teams think that just having me on the team is good for the bottom line. I think that having me on the team and not playing me will actually be worse off than not having me on the team. I think playing me is where you make a, a big uh, impact financially for the team. Like for uh, like for our, our season opening games, I remember like our first two home games, I just kept pumping those dates in the block, just pumping them, pumping them, October 13th, October 13th. And uh, I think October, I don't know, like 18th or 20th, whatever the next game was. And we yeah. got 1,000, 1,200 people out of those games. And then since then, now I'm not going to say that I'm the reason for the, the crowd dipping. I, I think that it's reflection on the market itself and a little bit of the on-ice product. But see, like we're smudging the numbers. We're getting like two, three hundred people a game. I know they write seven, eight, nine hundred on the board. It's not seven, eight, nine hundred from what I see. Maybe I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong, but from what I see, it's like two hundred, three hundred people. And I can make a big splash in that kind of a market. You know, maybe in a team like let's say Watertown, where they sell out every game. Well, unless you add more seats, I can't really help you. You know, you only have so many people that can come in the building. Yeah. You know, a team like you know the Columbus River Dragons, they have I think like a six thousand seat arena. That would make a big difference. You can fill more seats, like stuff like that. So um, to answer your question, playing-wise, I can play in the Fed. I know I can play in the Fed. I know that I could have played games this year and been a 1A, 1B with with any team that was willing to give me an opportunity. I think that when I get my hip fixed in a couple days and I come back next season, I think it's going to be – I don't even think you're going to recognize me come September. You're going to be like, who is that? That that goalie right now in September of 23 is not the same guy that was, you know, bumming around in November of 22. Not the same guy. So I think being a starter is very, very realistic. I think the SP could happen if you know some chips fall into place in the next two to three years. 
maybe. Um, Europe will always be there. I love Europe. I mean, you don't have to look too far into my videos to know that I love playing in Europe and I miss it a lot. But I think that there's there's a lot of possibility playing wise um, in North America for me. Do you think there's any possibility of, uh, depending on how well you play, how much improvement to your game, of ever going up to like an ECHL or is this not even on your radar at this current moment? Honestly, the SP is not even on my radar. Like as, as far as like what I'm focused on, my focus mm -hmm. is just getting my hip fixed because I know that open up, opens up a universe of possibilities and then becoming that fed starting goalie that I believe I can be. Now, my agent does talk to me every now and then about, hey, SP call-ups are a thing. Hey, you know, yes, they are a thing. Possible, yes. Realistic, not really at this moment in time. I mean, it'd be an ECHL team where they can't find a guy. They've, you know, management's been watching my videos. Like, you know, let's just take Trav. doesn't hurt us to have him out here for the night. Maybe one of those. Would I stick full-time? Probably not. I don't think I'd ever stick full-time at the East Coast level regardless. Um, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Weirder things have definitely happened in pro hockey before. All right. Uh, Richie, you have anything else? Um, I don't really have any questions. I was just going to reiterate a little bit about, like, how important marketing is and you're talking about the the bottom line and i could absolutely see that you know even if you get a couple hundred people from your vlog going out to the game maybe even you know uh, I, I don't know if there's sales or anything like that but you know if you have like jersey sales and and shirts and stuff like that like all that stuff helps contribute so i absolutely could see you know it, not only from a player standpoint but from a marketability standpoint like how valuable you are to these teams uh Makes total I mean, sense like to me. just now for me, it's kind of tough to measure because I, I've been trying to get numbers about jersey sales and nobody wants to give me the straight answer. So I don't really know about jersey sales. I just go off what people mess me like, hey, I bought a jersey. Here's a picture of me, my Motor City jersey in Australia. Great. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know those numbers. Um, what I do know is that um, when I announced my signing with Motor City, Motor City gained like a thousand Instagram followers in like a day. Instantly. Yeah. And currently, I, I could be wrong. I think they have the third biggest Instagram following of any team in the Fed. Um, and we're talking about compared to teams that have been around for years. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very biased, obviously. But if the team doesn't post about me, there's really no engagement on anything. I, when they, I, when they, so uh, continue. Uh, continue. I have a question. So, so continue <laughs> with what you're saying. You know, I, I harped on, you know, I hope that every SP goalie has a terrible year and gets hurt and Babs gets called up because that's what I wanted. I wanted the starting role because that, that's what, you know, based on what management was telling me at the time, it was my job if he gets called up, which I was like, just please get called up. Please just go away. Don't ever come back. So he gets called up. The team announces he gets called up. Boom. 150 Instagram comments on the team's post. Everybody's ready for him to get called up and have me start a game. And now that, you know, people kind of seen what happens, they're like, well... Maybe they're not going to play Trav. Maybe, you know, Trav's only here for other reasons outside of playing. I, I, I'm not going to get into it. Obviously, I'm not supposed to. Maybe I've already said a little bit too much. But um, it, it's almost a wasted opportunity because I, I feel like there's so much positive that could have been done in the, you know, the, the Detroit, Metro Detroit, Fraser community with, with Motor City. Yeah. By just having me do a little bit more than sitting on the bench and, you know, running stats in the crowd every other game. But you know, we'll never know what it was able to what, what was able to happen. And you know, like I've been telling, uh, you know, the the people in the league that have been talking about acquiring my rights lately, Motor City's loss is somebody else's gain. If Motor City wants to, you know, play me and, and give me an opportunity next year, great. But at the end of the day, like 
someone's going to win big when I start playing games in the Fed, and, and financially, it's going to really put them over over the the fence because the budgets are so tight, the margins are so small. Like that, like this kind of shit will put somebody over the edge and make them a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, have you seen um, any other players within the league starting any like uh, YouTube channels or anything like that after your success? I mean, I guess success is a loose term. I mean, it depends on what you describe as success. <laughs> well, but. I would say online, you definitely are successful. You're, you know, I've just taken a look at your channel. You're getting 50% viewership on your, your subscriptions. Like that's, that's pretty successful to me. So well, thank you very much. Um, yeah. you know, guys ask me all the time, uh, like what my secret is. And I was like, honestly, I love hockey. I love film. I put it both together in a video package. that's eight minutes and two seconds long. Usually, um, and I'm honest with people. I don't bullshit. I tell you the straight goods. I show you the good when it's good. I show you the bad when it's bad. And people seem to gravitate towards it. And you know, people ask like other like specifics. And I, I'm I'm on open book. I tell them you know because there's no real secrets that I have. It's just it, it just seems to I guess people like it. But nobody's really tried to replicate it. And I, and to be honest, if you ask me to replicate it today and start from scratch, I don't know if I could. Yeah. I think that I just got into YouTube at a very good time. I've gotten very fortunate with some breaks with the algorithm and with, you know, different things that I posted popping off. And I probably wouldn't be able to do it if I tried again today, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> yeah. Have you, uh, <clears throat> have you tried any of the like short form content as well? Like the TikToks, the stories, the, the reels on, on, on Instagram. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I tried YouTube shorts uh, on my vlog channel. Some are hits, some are misses. It, it depends. They all, a lot of them seem to grow over time. Yeah. Um, what, what I don't like about that is that if I have like every, every short hitting 6 million views, that's great, but it doesn't do anything for my blogs and for my actual YouTube videos. And when I, I had a, um, uh, a, a YouTube short do almost like a million views, not too long ago. And the ad sense on it was like six pennies. Like, yeah, like, like how like you can't make money off that. And like, it, it's not, there... I want to be very clear. It's not about making money. But also, I make one twenty-five a week in the Fed. Like, I'm I'm trying to stay afloat here. So, like, financially, like, I can't afford to make all these TikToks to get big views if yeah. they're not paying the bills. You know, so yeah, I've tried sticking with the the long form on YouTube. Uh, the podcast has seen a lot of success with the shorts. The podcast has grown a lot with that. The TikTok has really helped grow in the podcast, especially on the audio downloads. Um, so yeah, I'd recommend to anybody, yourself included, if you're starting a podcast, if you're doing a podcast. Get the TikTok clips out there. Get the Instagram real clips out there, and grow your Spotify audience. That is where the money is at. Not not the actual money, but like getting people to come uh, listen to your podcast. That's where it's at. I've I've found at least. Um, yeah. So yeah, that would be my advice on shorts and long form content. That's better than my strategy of just shit posting on Twitter. I'm like, all right, I'll run the Twitter account and I'll just shit post all the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, Twitter's dead, dog. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter is dead, and and. I'll tell you that I got like 2000 followers on Twitter. I post like once every six months. It's like a semi-annual post and I get way meaner messages on Twitter than I do anywhere else. I don't Everyone even just post on Twitter. They're just angry all the time. Yeah. This, this is a cesspool of just, just terrible people. I'm not responding yeah. to any of these anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Richie, do you have something else or am I cutting you off? Uh, no, I think you're good. I am uh, struggling to uh, stay alive here. So, <laughs> all right, it's all New right. Year's Day, man. We was in booze control last night. He's a little bit lubricated. He's yeah. still trying to catch up. I'm just trying to get it off the glass and out and finish this podcast. Make it to the yep. bench. 
Yeah, pretty much. I, I swear to God, I thought Travis. Would, oh yeah, make sure you go to the dirty areas too. Like every every single time, we just go to the exact same. Dude, you know it's getting bad when even like my woman, we like we'll watch hockey or whatever, and she mentioned the other day. She's like, "What's the point of doing hockey interviews?" And I was like, "I know they'll tell you anything." Like to anybody, if anybody is listening, it's you know Fox Sports or any of these other like networks. Like I don't give a shit about. Oh, you know, we're working hard out there. We're just trying to get them in deep. You know, we just need a couple bounces, get puck to the D or, you know, to the net. We're trying to get a few more shots on, you know, we're hoping the bounces grow. But like nobody's getting educated from that. Nobody's learning anything. You're wasting my time. Just put another I, Swiffer commercial on. I feel like, I feel like they could be really useful, but the problem is, is that the league is like censored them so much to not show any emotion and they have to like essentially be drones. Cause I think that you could get some really good rivalry, right? You know, it's like the NHL has always been about, Oh, we want rivalries. We, you know, we, we changed the, the playoff format to get more rival rivalries. But then when a guy elbows another guy, you can't say anything about it afterwards about, you know, oh, that was BS. I don't like him for this. Like you want you want people to tune in. You got to show the emotion. You got to show like guys are are mad at each other for their play. And, you know, we, we see very small little spurts of this nowadays in the NHL. But, you know, it still reminds me back to the old clips of uh, I think it was Patrick Waugh who said, uh, you know, I couldn't hear him. I had both my my Stanley Cup rings in my ears, or something like that, right? Like that, the, the chirping that you get in interviews is like no more. And like, if you want to grow the game, you, you gotta allow guys to be able to speak freely. Also, look Dude, at the success the, the of the WWE. Is... Just straight up yeah. look at how it, it's so yeah, popular I mean, for men. I'm... And I'm like, I used to like it when I was like 14, 15. Like, I... if, if there's more clips going viral of guys shit talking, like obviously. Like, just tell them, hey, don't curse or whatever. But it's like, yeah. if you have them trash talking, you can have some fun rivalries. And as long as, like, just send everyone a memo. All right, this is what you can say. This is what you can't say. The obvious stuff, you know, don't, you know, personal attacks against, like, family or something stupid like that. But it's like, here's a couple things you can say that you can't say. Stick to this list. And then you're fine. Yeah. Well, dude, hockey hockey is really dying because of it, I think. I think, too, like, when people, like, people in the South love minor pro hockey because it's a little bit less censored. That's why I love Swedish hockey because I didn't find there was so much damn censorship over there. And I don't speak Swedish, so I wouldn't really know the ins and outs. But, um, but like you mentioned, like you have the media to tell a story, right? And the story is to hype up the game, to hype up the rivalries, to get more people in the door. Yeah. You can't get people in the door by telling them we're trying to get pucks deep. You really can't. And when you say anything, and now the teams, you got to keep in mind this, the teams get paid by the league and by the media groups to do media, right? So TSN pays, CBC, everybody pays, you know, their chunk of the pie and the Bruins, the Jets, everybody gets, you know, a nice chunk of the pie for doing media. Now they get that money, which is great, but they don't give anything in return. So you're not actually using the media to your full advantage and, and you're not growing the game. You're not getting people in involved in the actual rivalries within the sport. So yeah. As, as long as that's going on, I mean, like I said, doesn't take a rocket science. My, you know, my girlfriend, she never played hockey before in her life. She even knows this is bullshit and this is boring. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch it. Nobody does. So, yep, it's a shame, but the game will sadly the game will die off because of it. If there's a hot take prediction there. I know a lot of people ain't gonna like that. Be like, what do you know? You don't know shit. You don't even play pro hockey. You only make one. You don't know shit. Week. You're just a professional or semi-pro goaltender. I can't believe somebody's played hockey their entire life. But you, you don't only make one twenty-five a week. Hockey. You loser. <laughs> Yes, yes, but please. Like, Tell me about your men's league. It's literally become a meme. Like, 
whenever you know coach greg powers after the the college i don't know how it works outside of ncaa but they play two game sets so friday saturday the friday game they lost against boston college five to two and then they showed a little clip on twitter is oh you know he's got to you know get the you know they're willing to go to the dirty areas the only thing i could think of was the letter kenny boys doing that uh that hockey you know player interviews or hockey player interviews 101 and that's the only thing that came to mind i'm like i if you say we're going to the dirty areas, get pucks deep, pucks to the net, whatever, I'm just gonna laugh because that's the first thing that comes to mind, and it, it's same, such same a here, weird man. thing. <laughs> yeah, you know we're, we're you know we're uh we're, we're we're just trying to get to the dirty areas. You know, one team's gonna win, one team's gonna lose. Ha! And uh, <laughs> like like what a, what a great clip that was. Yeah, we're we're banging. Sex? No bodies. All yeah, night bodies long. banging all, all night. Four lines, four lines rolling. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's good stuff, Letter Kenny. That's, I, I need to watch more of the show. Uh, one time at the Walmart down here, it was in Phoenix, Arizona, because um, I, I think I was hanging out with my brother-in-law that day, and I saw like season one on DVD. I'm like, oh, I'll come, I'll come back in two days and get that. Fucking sold out. And I've never <laughs> seen a physical Letter Kenny box set in Arizona again, and I, I'm mad, and I don't like paying for streaming services. Like, Hulu is kind of garbage because you pay and you still got to watch ads or then you got to pay more and maybe not get ads. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just not going to watch the content then. I'll just watch Shorzy clips or whatever on YouTube. Or on Instagram or wherever you find them. All right. right. I'm going to call the podcast. We're approaching an hour and I am ready to go lay back down. So he's going to go sober (laughs) up. Yeah, I. He's gonna go unfortunately, I. Trav wants to go do whatever Trav's gonna do, and I'm gonna go pretend I'm useful and make some coyotes content today. <laughs> I uh, I wish I could sober up. I was I was prepared to drink last night, but you know, I was like, the way I am currently, I uh, probably shouldn't drink because I will probably end up making my situation a lot worse. But uh, it feels like I. have pretty much a recovering alcoholic with uh how bad this is so <laughs> i mean i i it's weird i don't know if i'm just getting old I, i'm not even 30 yet but i feel like i'm like 40 i didn't even feel the need to drink last night i just watched youtube videos and played nhl 2023 for a little bit and went to bed <laughs> you're an old man i am going I'm down. such an old man i don't know why Trav agreed to this he's like oh fuck these guys are boring he's sitting <laughs> just back of his head right now anyway Trav, <laughs> thank you so much for joining uh, like I said, I know your audience is much bigger than ours anyway, but would you like to plug what you got? Yes. If uh, hey, Well, here's the thing, man. Although I got 90,000 on YouTube, every one of those 90,000 people at one point had no idea who I was. So it's always good to rebrand and, and you know repump yourself. So if you're new, you have no idea who I am. You can listen to my weekly podcast, Sling the Biscuit, on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts. The video version is home on YouTube. It's a once-a-week, 45-minute podcast that I host with Winnipeg radio legend Dave Wheeler, the non-hockey or non-mainstream hockey podcast. You're going to love it. A uh, new episode actually just came out today. And uh, my vlog at Travel Oilers on YouTube. It's an eight-minute vlog, usually every Sunday. Now it's going to be a once every month, twice a month, uh, with my rehab vlog for my hip surgery coming up uh, in two days, two and a half days from now. And uh, yeah, check it out. I'd love to hear from you. All right. And so, like always, and as, oh, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, uh, I was going to do my, my normal. So uh, thanks for watching. Go away. <laughs> uh, no, we gotta we gotta plug ourselves too before you before you tell them to to screw off. Uh, I, obviously, leave us a here. review on this podcast. Yeah. The boys work hard. Leave us a Spotify, Apple review. Subscribe on YouTube. Tell your friends about it. Tell your aunt. Tell your grandma. Tell your dog. Tell everybody you know about this podcast. And uh, hopefully, we'll see you back for the next episode whenever it is. I won't be on here, but the boys will continue without me. 
They're going to get pucks deep. They're going to get to the dirty areas, banging bodies <laughs> all night long, getting four lines rolling harder than Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit. And we will see you next time.